common except if there is something from that particular saint that is proper to the saint. So, Stephen, today you want to say you read the Antiphon at the Magnificat from the common, mm-hmm. but, but Corny and Sip had their own ones, and so ordinarily that would take preference. All right? But I think that whoever made that comment about okay, it's it's important that you're praying, okay? Uh, you do want to get it right, um, especially if, okay, you know, your pastor invites you to dinner and, and he says, let's say, do evening prayer before dinner, okay? And you've got no idea on, on you know, where the ribbons go, okay? You know, we're getting on in the third year. And so if you've been doing it every day, then it should be becoming automatic. Um, my experience was that uh, I knew nothing about the office until I went into a Franciscan novitiate. And each of us in the class was paired with a guy from the class ahead of us. And for eight days, we sat next to that guy and tried to figure out the ribbons and the books. And and this, by the way, was in Latin. And after the eighth day, that class was gone and we were on our own. Um, so it was one of those throw them into the pool. Um, but in any case, shall we begin? All, right, are all ashore who are coming ashore, who are we missing? Did we figure that out? Uh, just David, I believe. Dave. David? So let's begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So my opening question, okay, to get the brain cells going, would be, what color is the flag of Christianity? Paul, I think you want to say something, but you're muted. No, I was just, uh, I was just guessing. I don't know for a fact. I was going to say red and white. Red and white, blue and gold. Okay, Doug. I'm guessing blue and gold. No. Anybody else? Yellow and white. Golden white. Yellow and white. No, There's, that's the Vatican flag. Blue and red. Blue and red, white, blue and red, but it's still wrong. But I'll think white, of... white with white with red, white with red. No. I ain't gold. Okay. Peter's turn. What What's the topic this evening, guys? Sign of the cross. Okay. Christianity doesn't have a flag. Ah, uh, it's a trick question. Trick question. Of course. Okay. Look how much dirt in a hole. Okay. The United States has a flag. The Vatican, because it is a nation, has a flag. The Episcopalians fly a flag outside their churches. But Christianity has no flag because our quintessential symbol is the cross of Jesus Christ. Amen? Okay. 
And therefore, okay, I think that one of the things I want to highlight, if you look at the notes that I gave you, okay, right underneath that box on page one, is I talk first about a sign is less than a symbol is less than a sacrament. Everybody see that on the on your notes? Underneath the box in the center of the page. Yep, sacrament. A sign is less than a symbol. A symbol is less than a sacrament. Example. The red octagon with the letters S-T-O-P, that is a sign. It communicates a message. Are you with me? Okay. If I'm driving, whether at two miles or an hour or at 50 miles an hour, and I deliberately go through the stop sign, does it make my car stop? Of course not. Okay. It indicates a message to me, but that message is one that I need to decide whether or not to follow it. But pretty basically, it has got one message. It is stop here. A symbol has multiple levels of meaning. For example, water. It can represent the Holy Spirit. It can represent to us baptism. It can represent to us Christ after he died on the cross. It can represent a whole slew load of things. It represents in baptism our dying to our old self of sin. So water isn't just two atoms of hydrogen and an atom of oxygen it is it communicates multiple levels of meaning so far so good okay a sacrament however is different than a sign and different than a symbol in that it is like a symbol in that there are multiple levels of meaning but it does what it tells it affects what it signifies comprende to everybody okay now in there and i've it made a change in in the notes this year i put in brackets in between symbol and sacrament the word icon okay meaning by that not just the pictures that they do in the eastern church because they are still leery about the idolatry implications of statues. That's a conversation for another day. But icons for them share in the nature of a sacrament without being a sacrament. That a properly written icon, a properly blessed icon, shares in some of the transformation of Eucharist and is something which is, we would say, for example, that this is a statue of Christ and it reminds me of Christ, 
Whereas for the Eastern rites that they would look at as an icon of Christ, again, if it is properly blessed, that it is a locus, a place of his real presence. And that's why in homes, in Orthodox homes, that icons have a light burning in front of them because this is a location of the holy in a way similar to our burning a light before the tabernacle. Making sense to people? So what we're talking about today is not merely a sign, and it's certainly not a sacrament, but it is a symbol, and may I call it a quintessential symbol of Christianity. In our earliest days, as possibly you read in the New Advent Catholic Encyclopedia article, that because crucifixion was so horrible, so shameful, so associated with the very dregs of society, that it wasn't often portrayed in the years before toleration that what you would see would be uh, a ship and there might be the mast of a ship in which you could kind of see a cross figure or you would see on the walls of the catacombs an anchor and so the crossbar of the anchor would remind them of the cross as well as representing the virtue of hope because of that little line in St. Paul. There is that other very famous uh, graffiti in one of the catacombs, I don't remember which, and it's an insult of Christians. It shows a stick figure cross, and on that stick figure is a person with a human body and the face of a jackass and the inscription is Alexander worships his God because crucifixion was so associated with shame it didn't get its way into art but it wasn't neglected in terms of its importance God forbid as we read on the exaltation of the Holy Cross. God forbid that I should glory except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. How important a role the cross plays in the writings of St. Paul. Agreed? And our feasts on Monday and Tuesday underline that importance. So that We have in Christianity lots of signs and lots of symbols, but the cross is perhaps the most important one. And it really only begins to get its way into our art per se, when during the time of, I guess it's Constantine, yeah, it's Constantine who abolishes crucifixion as a means of uh, execution in the Roman Empire. So other other outside the empire places still would crucify, but in the Roman Empire, it now was given up as a form. And so as people lose their uh, 
direct experience of its horribleness, okay, that we begin to, uh, you see it more and more in art. But the first art that we see is usually the jeweled cross, not the kind of cross that are probably in most of your homes where you see the corpus, whether in agony or even a resurrected cross, you would not see that for the first couple of hundred years. It would be the jewel cross because on the cross, Christ defeated death. Therefore, the cross that was intended to be, if you will, the instrument of the enemy has now been captured by the Lord and it's now a trophy. Am I making sense on that, please? Okay. If it is so important to us, if the cross is a shorthand for almost the entire Paschal mystery, because even a cross with the dying Christ on it, okay, is we know that there is more to the story. I kind of always sometimes have an affection for a Greek cross in which the four sides are equal to each other to represent, for me at least, that it's the death on the cross, it's the burial in the tomb, it's the resurrection, and it is the fourth part, the ascension to the right hand of the Father that compromise the entirety of the Paschal mystery. Okay, amen? Okay. So the cross is important. Okay. Now two parts come into this. I had a living in my building here many years ago uh, was a Lutheran theologian, a woman by the name of Gail Ramshaw Smith. And for some reason, we were talking about this one day and she said, how do you know when a symbol has lost its voice, when it doesn't communicate anymore what was intended originally? And he says, the way that you tell is when a symbol becomes a decorative freeze. The word freeze, F-R-I-E-Z-E. Okay. In other words, if I've got around the top of my ceiling here, cross, 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 okay, then it's not symbolizing for me the Paschal mystery of Jesus Christ. Do you understand what I mean by if it's getting repeated all over the place, its essential role as, and here we go to this word, symbol, okay? The balain is the Greek word to throw, okay? Sum is the, it's the bringing together. Symbols unite. The opposite is diabolic. The diabolic scatters. The cross is that which is to be, we who are followers of the Christ, we have one focal point, okay? the Paschal mystery represented to us by the cross. All of that theory, is it making sense to you folks? If it's important and you're standing at the altar and Father begins Mass saying, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and you give it one of these, okay, did you let the symbol communicate? Did you say by your gesture, 
that it's important. If we're going to say that the cross is at the center of our religion, okay, then it's got to be done deliberately. It's got to be done not haphazardly. It's got to be done, especially for those of us who are ministering at the altar, in a way that by our actions, we are being signs to the rest of the congregation of what it ought to be. If we do it sloppy, then it doesn't make its important fullness of meaning. Am I uh, beating a dead horse or do you, am I coming across? I'm coming across. Okay. Egan. Go ahead, Peter. I think we all agree with you. The problem, and I hate to beat a dead horse, <laughs> I feel it starts with Catholic grammar school and CCD because uh, we all were part of CCD this last semester. They don't teach reverence. It's like they're, they're just rushing through the facts so they can get confirmation. I mean, we, I'll, I'll speak for myself. We were in church, they're even correcting the kids for not bowing in front of the crucifixion of the altar. The I mean, best way, Peter, to handle that is something like reverence is more caught than taught. How are the kids going to know that something is important by the way that you deal with it? So that every time that you're going to make the sign of the cross, okay, you're not going on automatic pilot, which is what, you know, I do it as well. But in words, it's to come back to that mindfulness. If it is a gesture, if it is to be truly a sacramental, so it's, it is like a sacrament in that it can be a way of imparting grace, but it's a reminder to me about the importance. Everything flows from the cross. I'm jumping ahead to something I'm going to say later on in class. Every time we say the name of the Trinity, okay, in Roman Catholicism, we're bowing, more or less, okay? But every time you watch somebody from the Eastern Church, Catholic or Orthodox, that when they say the glory be to the Father, they're making the sign of the cross. Because everything comes, how would you know about the Trinity if Jesus hasn't been raised from the dead? Okay, So that the cross is central. Comprende? Okay. So my, my opening appeal is to realize the importance of the cross, which I think you do intellectually, okay? but to pay attention to the, and this is really for all that we're going to be doing this entire semester long, pay attention to your gestures, let the gestures communicate what they're supposed to communicate, and do it properly. Not too much, not too little, okay? But mindfully, so in a way that others can catch some of the meaning, because Peter, you never have enough time. Okay. I hate, I have a too strong a word. I'm uncomfortable with a homily that goes on and on and on. 
But there is so much in the text that I could be talking about. Okay? And I can't communicate it all in 10 minutes. Okay? And so the thing is to try to say, well, I don't know when I'm going to see them again. You got to leave, let the Holy Spirit do his part. Okay? Am I making sense on, right? Absolutely. Okay. All right. So we're starting then. I thought we would take it in order. The first thing that we want to talk about is the small cross. Okay. And so you're not doing that with your fingernail. You're doing it with the fleshy part of your thumb. Okay. And you're doing it okay, on your forehead. That's probably the very first sign that Christians made in making the sign of the cross. I think Tertullian had some line about making it seven times a day. Okay. Everybody with me on that? Okay. And you do it on the fleshy. I once heard a priest say, everything we do, we begin with the words, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Is that exactly right? Big hug. You deserve it, Lucas. Okay. Oh Lord, open my lips and my mouth will proclaim your praise. There was no in the name of the Father there, was there? O God, come to my assistance. O Lord, make haste to help me. There was no in the name of the Father there, was there? A reading from the Holy Gospel according to now Daily Mass Luke. Okay. So every time the sign of the cross is one thing, the words that go with it are something different. And so I want to underline that at least this small cross is the one if you will that was the original make sense okay now the second part that i find interesting about that okay would you all do it please together right not necessarily together do you notice that when you do it you you're going on the horizontal down and now you're going over to your right side Agreed? Is that what you see yourself doing? Okay, not from left to right, but you're going from right to left. So that is one possible guessing, surmise of why the Orthodox are just going larger with what they were used to doing on their forehead. All right, name of the Father and then right to left, just like you did on your forehead. Comprende? Okay, do you see how the, the logic of that? Okay, all right, so first item was small cross. Okay. Any questions on what's written there? Hopefully it makes abundant sec- sense. over the course of time, okay, that perhaps because of the heresies that people started making it larger, okay, because 
they now started not with just the thumb, but they were going to communicate another message with the cross, but in order for it to be visible, okay, I want you to watch my fingers here. I'm taking in my right hand, my thumb, my forefinger, and the nasty finger, okay, and holding them together. Do you see how my two other fingers, ring finger and pinky, are together? Okay. When you see the average Catholic or Orthodox Eastern Rite person making the large sign of the cross, they are making the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen, that the Trinity and it's all three together, one God in three persons. Do you see the symbolism? That Christ is one person with two natures, the nature of God and the nature of man, so that I have the Trinity and the Incarnation okay, in one hand gesture. Everybody see it? Okay. You have an example, I think, okay. on that page. Okay, everybody with me on that? Okay. So because this, this made the, was about the cross, this was against the heresies of um, monophysitism that Jesus only had one nature or monothelitism that Jesus only had one will, okay? We're not going to go down there. This is in a dogma class. But because they wanted to say that, okay, that's why in words that the larger cross let this part of it be visible so that the, the gesture of the cross was one message being communicated and two more messages were in how the hands were being held. Make sense? Okay. Do you see the logic of the development? Now, what I want to put in, so we're now turning the page over. For us in the Western Church, this is how you're to make the sign of the cross. Okay. It's the left hand, probably somewhere above your belly button. Okay. Your hand, all of your fingers are straight out. Okay. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Okay. Hands straight out. Now, among the Hispanics, okay, Hispanics in devotional terms often are making the sign of the cross my understanding is with the thumb and the forefinger do i have that correct hispanic brothers and at the end when they finish that they are kissing that they're not kissing their hand they are kissing the cross that they made with their fingers okay so again i'm not calling that wrong and I'm certainly not calling it at all to be avoided or stopped in devotional things. But at the altar, the way that you're going to do it is 
all fingers straight out. Comprende? Okay. By the way, and I probably should have mentioned this already, did you see that when I give you in the bottom of the other side, I say the germ, everybody knows that it's the general instruction of the Roman Missal. And then I've got the letters, uh, no, it's not even there. Uh, up above it, small cross and said CB74. CB74 is the ceremonial of bishops. Okay? You don't need a copy, but if you were to wanted to go look up the references of what, it's not true because I said it's true. It's true because I am accurately portraying what the written documents say to do. Okay. Are we comfortable so far? Okay. So when you, Lucas, when you're saying the rosary, okay, is it okay for you to kiss your fingers? Abs absolutely. But I, I, it has never been a practice of mine to kiss okay. the fingers. Do we, is, it, is it something that is of particular countries? No, no. I, I think most Hispanics do it, but uh, most of my catechism was over here, and we were taught not to kiss it. Okay. You just, just go on the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. But we do go left to right. Whatever. Okay. Now I got to do right to left. See, I'd be uncomfortable with telling kids not to kiss it because that would almost imply that grandma was doing something wrong and she's not doing anything wrong okay in other words that when we are in the house and you want to do that you certainly can continue to do that but when you're serving on the altar probably better okay that we're all doing the same thing together so that it's a sign of okay we're all together on this as i said i do see a lot of people do it and but we don't say anything. It's just that the way we were taught was not to kiss it. Remember, again, the centrality of the cross, I was talking with somebody today, there is the famous, and you may have seen reference to this already in your other courses. Uh, there was a probably Spanish woman, probably wealthy, maybe a nun, who made a pilgrimage to the Holy Land, I think at the end of the third, beginning of the fourth century, okay? her name is Egeria, and she kept a diary of all of the things that she observed. And on Good Friday in Jerusalem, okay, they brought out the large fragment of the true cross that they had, and our thing on Good Friday, you know how people come up and they kiss the cross? They are coming up as an imitation of that practice found in the early Jerusalem church. Okay. So people came up to reverence the cross, which was the instrument of our salvation. Okay. They're saying thank you. They're also that the cross itself had the blood of Christ dripping onto and so they reverenced it with a kiss okay, again nothing wrong with that I will add on though that human nature being what it was Egeria also comments that two deacons were on either side of the 
relic of the true cross and their job was to prevent people who started to bite the cross so that they could grab a splinter and take it home with them okay they knew that if they lost enough splinters ultimately that they wouldn't have anything left okay that's the same kind of thing that national geographic reported about the the tomb of christ that had been covered over okay, with marble slabs to keep people from taking a piece home with them uh, but that's neither here nor there everybody with me on the deliberateness then of making the sign of the cross Uh, this is the one, okay, when we were together, okay, I hope when the new edition of the breviary comes out, that they do something that is in the lectionary and in the gospel book, which is that there is a small cross in front of the words, a reading from the Holy Gospel. So it reminds the deacon or the priest that as he's saying those words, he is making that cross before he puts the cross on his own forehead, lips, and heart. Okay. I wish that they had that cross at the beginning of the Benedictus, at the beginning of the Magnificat, at the beginning of the Nunc Dimittis. Those are gospel prayers in the office. We're standing for them. We may be sitting down for a psalm, but we're standing in public recitation. You don't have to stand when you're doing it by yourself. Okay? But that sign of the cross reminds us this is an extra special, not just ordinary prayer. This is gospel. And when gospel is proclaimed, Jesus himself is present. And so we're recognizing that okay, with making the sign of the cross okay, at the beginning of those lines. In chapel, I didn't you see you guys doing that all the time. Okay? That should be second nature to you at those three gospel canticles. Amen? Amen. Okay. Now... Peter, you made reference to uh, to grammar school. The next time that we are in the chapel together, which God pray may be soon, okay? If I don't see you make the sign of the cross, am I going to slap your hand? No, okay? But am I going to give you a dirty look? Yeah, okay? Just as by way of a helpful reminder, right? The days of slapping hands are gone. Okay. Amen. Amen. Okay. So the sign of the cross. Okay. Now the small cross of blessing. Okay. So how does the deacon know in a Eucharistic prayer when he is supposed to kneel down? Okay. okay. It's because of the, the gesture of laying his hands, right? But involved in all of that is usually a sign of the cross. Okay, this straw is going to get in the way. But he makes a cross like that. Okay, you've seen that, right? Yep. So that's again the sign of the cross, 
but it's a small cross of blessing. There used to be, and it used to drive the, usually altar boys who started to think about what things were going on. The cross that was before the consecration could be understood as a gesture of blessing. Agreed? Hmm. But at the end of the Eucharistic prayer, we used to say, per ipsum, I might do that. Used to say, per ipsum, et cum ipso, et in ipso, estipideo patriomnis omnis glory. And a kid might say, if that's Jesus, why are you blessing Jesus? Paul, you understand the kid's question, correct? Okay, it's making sense to you. And it wasn't a blessing, okay? It really was, it was a gesture of pointing okay, through him. And since I had my hand out there already, and how does he make his power felt through the cross? So they made a cross sign there. It wasn't blessing the elements, because okay, you couldn't add on to the person of Christ. It was a pointing gesture. Virtually, if you will, a more Byzantine approach is that any time that there's a chance that you can make a cross, you make another one. Okay. Everybody with me on the, what used to happen? And now in the revision, okay, that that has now been removed, that we're not making that small sign of the cross which can, can, which can, is capable of sending out a wrong kind of message to confuse people. Is this making sense? So now we lift the items, uh, both through him and with him and in him, okay, for the minor elevation. Clear? Okay. So where we're still using it, where we're getting rid of it. The large cross of blessing that's this one okay only got added to the mass at the in the 14th century okay? that means for a thousand years there was no blessing at the conclusion of mass okay? there is a principle in liturgy that the more solemn the ceremony okay the less change is seen in it and here a great example of that is a good friday liturgy okay does anybody remember the words of blessing for a good friday liturgy good thing you can't remember because there are none there was a concluding prayer and then okay then we leave Okay, that's how all liturgy used to end. Okay, there would be a dismissal. Okay, go in peace. Okay, but there was no blessing. They left in silence. Everybody with me on the? Okay. So it is there now. Um, I got to say for myself, it took, and I'm now jumping ahead into next year's kind of material. 
when a priest and a deacon are together, let's say in a sacristy, and somebody comes in and says, could you bless this miraculous medal to me? What do I do? I say, Father, would you okay, please bless this medal? Okay. Deacon and a priest, who should perform the blessing? The priest. Okay. The deacon only blesses when asked okay, in the absence of a priest, that part one. And the second part is usually that a deacon only blesses okay, when it's part of a ritual. So, you know, in your sacristies, there is that book, the big blue book of blessings. Okay. And the ones that say a priest or deacon can do this. Okay. That's when deacons can bless. Okay. When it's part of a ritual. Okay. But we don't give priestly blessings like priests do because we are not priests. Comprende? Okay. Question, Paul. Thank you, Deacon. Yeah, I, I've read um, uh, differing uh, points of view on this issue. Um, typically, you'll see, often you'll see now, uh, when you are distributing the Holy Eucharist, if somebody approaches who cannot receive, they fold their hands across their chest, as you're doing now, and typically the priest will just give them a blessing. Um, now, if the deacon is standing there next to a priest, is it appropriate or is it not to give the blessing? Okay. If, if you read the, the, the fights on the blogs, mm -hmm. okay, there are a whole group of people who rightfully point out that that's not the place for a blessing. Okay. If we have a blessing of the whole congregation later on, okay, what's this doing here? So what I have done, Paul, is I have punted, okay? I've gone neither, they come up, and you can't just say, all right, I see your face, get out of here, okay? That would be totally inappropriate. We're agreed on that. What I did pre-pandemic, okay, is use a gesture that's allowable for deacons but not for lay people, Okay. And I would just put my hand on their head in silence and not make it a long one. So I wasn't doing this. Okay. I, I'm basically saying a prayer for them. Okay. A quick, I mean, I'm not, you know, we're not holding on to the head, right? But I would just touch the top of the head. Okay. The, the Book of Blessings is pretty clear on this gesture and this gesture the laying on of hands those are clerical symbols okay and not to be used by um not to be used by lay people am i making sense on that okay um so that uh when when a lay person let's say is leading I, uh, may Almighty God bless us as opposed to bless you and where they sign themselves. Uh, have I explained the uh, explained the cause of the difficulty? 
understanding what a priest does. Even if I were a priest, I probably wouldn't do this. I probably would do that, which is somewhere between this and that, okay? Because I, they, I think they want to be recognized, okay? And a gesture is, is I think, appropriate, but I'm not using words or anything. I'm letting just the gesture be the means of communication. Have I over-explained this? No, I've never seen that before, but I think that's beautiful. Okay. Now, I, as long as we're on that, okay, how are we doing for time? Uh, one of the crazy things is we've told people, if you're not going to communion, to do this. Okay, you've all heard that, right? Okay. If you are in an Orthodox or Catholic Eastern Rite Church, this is how you go to communion. Okay. You're keeping your hands the hell out of the way because you are putting your head back. You're opening up your mouth. You're not putting your tongue out because the spoon with the wine and the Blessed Sacrament is going in there. Okay. So I, I always find, I, I wish, the same way I was able to come up with something instead of this, I wish we could come up with something instead of that because if it's an Orthodox person, this is he's telling you he wants to go to communion. You with me on the difficulty? Okay. Can, sure. Um, because there's a little bit of a, a, a mystery here, would you just ask the pastor what he prefers rather than do it yourself? If if you see that he makes no gesture at all, okay, okay, then I'd follow his lead on it. Okay, it's 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 not it's not really laid out in the liturgical books because it doesn't say to do that. Right. Okay. It kind of visualizes that if a person is joining the communion procession, that they're coming up to go to communion. Okay. If you're not going to communion, why are you joining the procession? But we're not going there. Okay. Fair enough. Yes, George. As as an extraordinary minister now, if someone were to come up with this, what are we to do okay. as a lay minister? I, I'd probably say, God bless you. Okay. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't use any gesture at all. Okay. None of this, nor that. Okay. Okay. Not even like put their hand on their shoulder or just leave it? Yeah, unfortunately, well, especially in pandemic times. Okay. Not now. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'd probably just say, God bless you. Right? Okay. We move on. So we have the large cross of blessing. A bishop gets to do this three times, and one for each of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But this is one that I am. Because most of us don't hang around bishops too frequently. This is a series that you really need to know okay. the response of. So if a bishop is going to give 
a blessing even privately or at the end of Mass. He doesn't have to anymore, but he can begin by saying, blessed be the name of the Lord, and the response is, now and forever. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Because you guys are supposed to know more than average, be aware that a bishop might do that. At the call on Monday evening, Bishop Massa concluded our prayer with a blessing, and he used that option before he got to this part. He began, blessed be the name of the Lord, Right, so that's one that that's a set of responses that are rarely used, but you guys want to know that. Brenda? Okay. All right. Um, okay, so we're now down at the bottom of the page before we take our break. A note regarding some practices of the some of the Eastern rites. So I'm saying in the first bullet that they're making the sign of the cross every time you turn around okay every time the trinity is mentioned it's the sign of the cross okay we come up to go to communion and we are we are bowing okay they're making the sign of the cross before they they do it now the hand in the byzantine right okay we've talked about this already if you turn though to this page Danny you see where we are Cornel okay the page with the uh, Jesus okay look at his hand okay see Christ's hand so what he's done is thumb and ring finger, okay, and pinky up. Is it clear on the screen what I'm doing? Okay. So if you're looking at an icon, okay, many of them identify who the person is it gives you the name, but for Jesus Christ, it's Yoda Sigma. So Iesus in Greek, it's his first letter of his first name. And the last letter, what we're gonna call the S, the I and the S. And Christos is the Greek letter key and Christos ending in S, a sigma. So that when I do this, I'm reading it from the front towards closer to me. It's I, S, Jesus, and these two, like this making the X, Christos, Jesus Christos. Do you see that gesture? Okay. John, is it clear? Okay. 
So you'll sometimes see uh, you'll sometimes see a Greek bishop who will okay if he's not holding sometimes when they're doing it formally at the beginning of a solemn liturgy they're holding a three-branched candlestick and a two-branched candlestick we're back to the trinity and the incarnation okay and so in other words that he you will sometimes see them blessing using both of those gestures okay that's greek bishops okay trivia for your next cocktail party but do you understand what i mean by the right okay okay it's is ks okay jesus christ I think the New Advent article tried to explain what the the business ongoing from right to left. Okay. I like the explanation that if he started with the small and that went from right to left, that when they went to big, they just kept the same thing. Vertical, right to left. If we think of your body as a compass, then this is north, your toes are south, this is east, and this is west, correct? And so if they are looking for that, okay, in the name of the Father and of the Son, okay, but that from the east or that we we look at the direction of the rising sun and he is coming back again am i making sense on what they're going on whereas for us now we're trying to come up with a reason for why we do it the opposite way that he was in the land of the dead okay so he was christ became a man, was died and was buried, okay? And now he's with the realm of the dead and he's coming okay, to ascend to the right hand of the Father. Okay, do you see that as an explanation? Okay. But I think anything that kind of makes sense is, I don't think it really has a reason, okay? Any questions, problems, or difficulties on that much? Okay. On that last point, the formula I will talk about after our break. Okay, we won't go very long after the break, but where's that? We will do a little bit after the break. We come back in five. Is that good? Everybody's bathroom close enough to do it in five. Okay, see you then. where modern language uses the word person or self, okay? I think that that is really important. Paul, I'm sorry, Peter, okay? 
that's a thing that I think is really important to teach to kids or otherwise they're not understanding what it is that we're about. Example, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Does that mean that I should not use Jesus Christ as an expletive to be deleted from my vocabulary? Of course it means that. You don't use the Lord's name in vain, literally, but that's, I suggest, on the basis of this, that that's not the thrust of the commandment. The thrust of the commandment is, you shall not take the reality of God for granted. You shall not take the kind of person that God is okay, and treat him as other than he is. So that if I'm stopped at the stop sign and I'm saying, dear God, make that light change, okay, is it okay to tell God what's on my mind? Yes. But is God the butler who comes to my every whim? Do you follow the point I'm trying to make there, guys? In other words, to treat God as God. Example. God damn you to hell. Is that a curse? Yes, it is. Okay. What am I saying there? Dear God, uh, I read in one of your letters, your pastoral letters of your guy, Paul, uh, that you would like to have all people be saved. Okay. Says that? Everybody remembers that? God wills the salvation of all men. But God, I have decided that in his case, I think you should make an exception. Okay. Now, is God going to change his mind because I told him so? Okay. God is God and I'm not. Okay. To treat God in the reality of who and what he is. Okay. Mainly because, and like all of the commandments, it's no skin off God's nose if he had a nose. He doesn't have a nose. It doesn't, our sin doesn't hurt him. It hurts us. So that God damn you to hell is really a waste of my breath, is it not? Because it's not happening. Treat God as the kind of a person that he has revealed himself to be or even better and this is where i'm going with why i'm putting this in here now in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit okay we're not just talking about the sheriff putting you under arrest in the name of the law okay obviously there is by the authority of but we baptize into the name of the father the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They are being baptized into the, the divinity of God. Am I making sense on that? Okay. Hebrew is a very concrete language and doesn't have a lot of the abstract words 
that Greek philosophy would eventually come with. Okay, it's part of those. Many of those early heresies were the difficulty of taking Semitic thoughts and changing them into a whole different cultural. Okay, what would what did this in fact mean if you look at it with a different language group? Am I making sense on that? So the second commandment, or even the sign of the cross, okay, it's in the reality of a father, son, and spirit that we address the father through the son by the power of the spirit, because we're entitled. We are in the name okay, by our baptism. Yes. Okay. Does that make sense, sir? So whereas we're going to say in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, okay, obviously from things that we had on the first page, we don't always use those words. And I wanted to point out that there are in the Eastern Church that sometimes they may be using the Jesus prayer or sometimes they may be using the Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One. And that is found, by the way, maybe if you've got a good choir in your church, it's one of the optional chants, okay? Even though it's taken from the Eastern Church, while we are venerating the cross on Good Friday, that those Greek words okay, still have a, like the word eleison, still have a place in our liturgy. Make sense? Okay. Now, did anyone have any questions about anything that they read in the New Advent article? No. Did it make sense to people? Did you understand a little of the history of it? Okay. When we were talking before about this gesture, okay, and we were talking before about mon the heresy of monophysitism, so this, these two fingers, two natures in one Christ, okay. When the faith got to Russia, okay, they were making the sign of the cross with two fingers, just like this. Okay, so three at the bottom, two at the top. Okay, can you see the frame? There were the old believers. There was a patriarch in Moscow who realized that most Russians were making the sign of the cross with two fingers, and the rest of the Greek community. The rest of Orthodoxy were doing it with three and two. And so he outlawed the practice of the two fingers and it caused a great deal of, I'm going to say schisms within the Russian church. So hidden in the bowels of Siberia are still some of these old believers who wound up falling away from the truth, but they were all fighting with one another because the patriarch was insisting on three and they had been raised on two. Okay. And ultimately the points were that what did they mean by the gesture? They meant the same thing that the 
that the patriarch was trying to be in harmony with everybody else. One needs to be careful that Lucas, this is going back to that. I would never tell a grandma when she's saying her rosary beads that it's wrong for her to kiss her fingers. Okay. Does that make sense to people? Okay. Um, and I think that basically covers it. Okay. Any questions that any of you have? I just want to draw to your attention. Uh, there's a lovely little book, The Cross, by Robin Jensen. Okay. And it uh, at least shows what I was talking before about a jeweled cross, which was what you're going to find in most of the earliest artistic representations. Okay. And then I wanted to have mentioned so that at least you've heard of it, okay? This is a massive, this particular edition is two volumes, okay? The Mass of the Roman Rite, okay? And it's by, okay, Joseph Jungmann, J-U-N-G-M-A-N-S-J. It is a massive work of scholarship if you ever really wanted to know where did that action come from in our mass, okay, the place that you would start, okay, would be with Father Jungmann, the Mass of the Roman Rite. Does everybody need to have a copy of this on their bookshelf? No, but should you have heard of Father Jungmann? Yes, and at least know that this is one of the good places to go get it. Paul, I'm causing you a question. No? Okay. You're looking looking confused. Okay. No, I wasn't sure of the spelling of his last name, but I can look it up. Jungmann. Uh, did I? Let's see. Let's... Uh, J-U-N-G-M-A-N-N. Okay. So literally young man, but German, so it's a J instead of a Y. Okay. And it's a double N at the end. Thank you. Okay. So next week I'm going to be on retreat with the Ordinandi. I think that they're pretty excited. Um, we've never been to this place before for retreat. Um, so it will be a new experience for Frank and I as well. But please keep all of us in your prayers. Uh, we will not be having classes, it says on the schedule. If you would please take the opportunity over these next two weeks to read the book that I asked you to read about okay, gestures, okay? Um, and we'll begin our next class just briefly asking you what you thought about the book, okay? What you liked or what you didn't like about the book, okay? Is that clear to everybody? Yes. Elements of right. Uh, any questions? Okay. I'm hearing the go governor is not forbidding Halloween. Okay. As a former school teacher, right, that's a big mistake. I'm anxious to anybody to kill Halloween. Uh, but as the Lord has blessed us in our coming, so may he guard us in our going. 
In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Go in peace, Our Lady, comforter of the afflicted, pray for us. I long to see you all face to face. Amen. This is uncomfortable for me. I'm one of the people usually who bounces around a classroom. So being, even on Sunday, I preach from the sanctuary and not from the pulpit um, because I'm used to moving. But thank you all for your patience. I hope it was helpful. Okay. Make the sign of the cross well every time you make it. Amen. 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 Nighty night, boys. Good night, everyone. Doug, how are you, how are you surviving, Doug? So far, so good. It's a big change. Okay. It's it's the, the masks and stuff. is It's very hard to talk through a mask. I, I, I'd have a real problem with that. I, um, Especially if you're talking to a computer monitor with a mask on. Because that, that's a double whammy on the sound. <clears throat> If you're talking to the computer, you have to have the mask on? So what they're, it's a hybrid situation. So every day in each class there, I might have three or five students sitting in the classroom well separated from each other. And on the monitor, I might have as many as 12 or 20, depending on the size of the class. Who it's The technology is not working particularly well because I have to have one computer to have the kids visible to me and me visible to them. And then I've got to connect the two computers so I can project whatever it is I'm teaching onto a whiteboard and then also share that screen with the other kids. And once I figured that out, which took a little while, now the the, the, the Internet or this company that makes this Google, that makes this Google Classroom, Google Meet combination, which is what we're using, apparently they're having technology problems because every school is trying to do it. <clears throat> and and the bandwidth is not big enough for everybody at the same time. Uh, yeah, we get kicked off. You know, like we were doing our class tonight. It could happen two, maybe three times each 40-minute class that it shuts down and you have to log back in. So I don't know how long it's going to last. I really don't. Um, we'll see. Okay. Douglas, with all the love in my heart, better you than me. <laughs> it's a hell of a way to start, let me tell you. It's not what I had in mind when I thought I wanted to teach. <laughs> I'm like you. I'd love to walk around the classroom and talk to the kids and, you know. Can't do it. I gotta sit in front of the screen. <clears throat> Just like you're doing tonight. <clears throat> it's uncomfortable. But I'm gonna get through it because I wanna do it. Okay. One day this will clear. This this right? Tell Mike Borges I sent my regards. I will. I will do that. And tell Have a great evening. And tell him not to break your chops. Well, okay. Maybe you should tell him that. <laughs> now he's been real good so far. Good. I'm glad to hear that. Right? <clears throat> okay. Be well. Thanks. Thank you for allowing us to use your account. No worries at all. It's easy. And patience. Take care of yourself. Okay. Stay well. Do fun things on the weekend. Yeah, I'm going to try. Take care. Good night. Good night.